You are listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. Good morning. How's everybody this morning? You guys look wonderful. You look fantastic. It's good to see all of you here this morning. Glad you're here, and I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Uh, We're talking about this thing called hope, and as we're going to continue it this morning, uh, our We are people of hope, and hope is alive in us for one reason and one reason alone. It's because Jesus is alive. We started this series back on Easter Sunday, and we're talking about what it means not just to live uh, in the hope of Christ, but we also want to, in doing that, live out hope to the world around us. Can uh, Can you surmise that our world needs some hope? Our world needs some hope. Our world needs people who know the hope, uh, the living hope in Jesus Christ, but that we're not keeping it to ourselves. We're not keeping him to ourselves. We are, are sharing him. We are sharing the good news of his kingdom. And we're, and we're doing this in everyday life. We're doing this as we go to school, as we go to university, as we work, as we play, uh, that we're truly living out hope. One of the most powerful ways that we can do that, and we're going to talk about this this morning, we are going to talk about it, and hopefully we're going to talk about it after we leave here, is actually speaking hope. We are to be people who speak hope to the world around us. You know, this morning as we celebrated all of our graduates, we gave them a a gift card, but we also gave each one of them uh, a copy of the Proverbs uh, and uh, the Book of Wisdom from the Old Testament. And uh, there are 31 chapters, 31 Proverbs in the, in the chapters, one for every day of the month. Uh, and so I hope that our grads, I hope that you will take advantage of that and, and look and, and read those. But it's filled with wonderful wisdom for the way that we can live the best life that God has for us, that we can know his loving ways, that we can live in those ways. And it's interesting both in the the Proverbs, the book of wisdom in the Old Testament, Proverbs, and the book of wisdom in the New Testament, the book of James, that both of those books talk a lot about how we use our tongues, how we use our words, uh, and and connects, makes a lot of connections with wisdom uh, for those who speak a lot, maybe those who don't speak as much. And and one of the the passages from Proverbs says this, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And how true that is, and how true it is that when we, uh, we, we know the power of an encouraging word, don't we? We know that, the power of, of building someone up and, and feeling built, built up and encouraged and strengthened by the words that someone would give us. But unfortunately, we also know way too uh, personally uh, the hurts when words are given to wound us and to attack us. And we know that, that it works both ways. The truth of the power of words is presented to us right in the beginning, the opening pages of God's word, right in Genesis 1. We see that the God of the universe, what does he do when he creates the world? He speaks, doesn't he? He speaks. God speaks, and amazingly beautiful and wonderful things are created and brought to life. 
He starts right out of the shoot uh, for the, the history of humanity, speaking life, speaking worlds into existence, uh, the skies, the, the land, the seas, the amazing creatures that, that he creates by, by speaking words. And, uh, you know, I, I, one of the things I, I, I love, just I love going like to the Georgia Aquarium and just looking at uh, the, the sea creatures and that. I used to love being a, a chaperone from our kids when they would go on field trips there. Uh, and the, I don't know if you've seen on Netflix, there's a new documentary uh, that got some awards recently, My Octopus Teacher. Uh, it is a beautiful, beautiful film. Whether or not you like the story or not, it is a beautiful film. It just really celebrates just the wonder of, of God's beautiful creation. God made land and seas and skies. He made the creatures. He made man and woman, and he did all of this. He spoke our world into existence. But we also see in the first few chapters of Genesis that our enemy, Satan, also speaks and he speaks lies. And the results are doubt and fear. And ultimately, every time he speaks, it ends up in death. And that's the, the poignant contrast between uh, what Proverbs is saying and the, the tongue has the power of life and death. We see that right in the opening pages of Scripture, contrasted between the powerful, life-giving words of God uh, which bring forth life. And then, of course, Satan coming along to Adam and Eve and, and bringing up doubt. Uh, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from that tree? Oh, well, don't worry about that because you will certainly not die. In fact, if you eat from that tree, you're going to be like God, speaking lies. And he continues to do that. And you know that when, when Adam and Eve listened to that doubt and when they listened to those lies, you know the results uh, oh, the power of our words. And as human beings made in the image of God, we can and we should make a huge difference in the world and in the lives of people all around us with the way that we choose to use our words. Another proverb, Proverb, 50, uh, proverb 12, 25, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. You seen much anxiety lately? I mean, go to the gas pump, right? It's like, Mom, I thought that was my inflatable pool. Why are you filling it up with gasoline? I mean, some crazy stuff. Some crazy, crazy stuff out there. This morning, I want to encourage you to use your words to speak life and beauty and goodness and ultimately to speak hope. Would you guys pray with me? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We have welcomed you with our worship we have celebrated with our brothers and sisters who are uh, reaching important milestones with graduations. And Lord, we come to your word. We thank you that your word brings life and gives life and leads us into the best life you have for us. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and that you'd continue your good work in each one of us, that you uh, would just let your word come alive in us and let us be people who live in hope and share the hope that you've given us in Jesus Christ, our Lord. In his name we pray, amen. As we look at this idea of speaking hope, I want us to begin first by speaking hope to ourselves. Uh, we need to do that. How many of you talk to yourselves? All right, yes, it's a good thing. It's a, I don't, where, did it, where did it come up with that? That was crazy. You know, that I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, of course I do because I, I, I do that. 
And sometimes I have some really intense conversations. What's really problematic is when I begin arguing with myself. That can, that can be very, very interesting. But the Bible actually gives us lots of examples of self-talk. Uh, it does. Uh, it, it contains many examples, particularly in the Psalms. In fact, the, in Psalm 42 and 43, this, why my soul are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you. This kind of this kind of self-talk that, that helps us with perspective to get things right. Uh, in the very next chapter, this is not a, a one-time thing, but throughout the Psalms, including the next chapter in Psalm 43, why, my soul, are you downcast? Uh, we probably, a lot of us have been asking ourselves that uh, a lot lately. Why so disturbed within, within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Every day we encounter a lot of messages, a lot of a cacophony of sound, uh, tons of messages coming at us, and it is my responsibility and it is your responsibility to be aware of what those sounds are speaking to us, what those messages are communicating to us, and, and how they affect us. And we need to make sure that we are wise and discerning because we need to remember that what we feed grows, doesn't it? So if we find ourselves feeding on things that are uh, dark and depressing and discouraging, guess what? Even for the most resilient of us, it's eventually going to wear us down. It's important for us to, to recognize that. And our culture and, and so much of our entertainment in this particular season is filled with dystopian images and very dark things, whether it's music or literature or movies or television. And, and I'm not telling you what to watch or what not to watch, but I just I want to tell you that we need to be discerning. We need to be wise. I, you guys know that I love all kinds of music. But one of the things I also know is that certain kinds of music affect me uh, in, in certain ways. And even some really wonderful artists, there's, a, there's a, an Americana folk country artist who I really, really like a lot. His name is Jason Isbell. And he's a, a, wonderful, a wonderful artist. But he uh, is a recovering alcoholic. And he, several of his albums went through that very, very dark period of recovery. And the music is wonderful. The lyrics are very powerful. But I just found myself thinking, wow, I can't listen to this a whole lot. I mean, it's just one of those reality checks for me. Is it a weakness? I don't know, whatever. But I just knew how it affected me. And I knew that it wasn't good for me. And I had to just sort of like, you know what? I don't need to listen to that right now. And, and I would just encourage you as, you as you consume media, as you consume all kinds of uh, entertainment, be, be conscious of that. Now, I'm not talking about living some sort of Pollyanna mindset or existence where you know, just stick your head in the sand because you know, our art reflects the world around us. And there are a lot of dark things going on, aren't there? And so I, I get that. Uh, but it is important that we recognize that we are responsible for, for caring for our souls and caring for our, our overall well-beings. And as part of self-care, we need to, to make sure that we are encouraging ourselves. As David says, you know, I strengthen myself in the Lord. What does that look like for you? What does that look like for me that we would be people, even in the midst of difficult times, who are uh, 
who are self-talking, speaking hope to ourselves. Uh, Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, the feel-good book of the Bible, not, not, but it's a powerful book. And and one of the self-talk examples that we find is in Lamentations. Lamentations is actually written like a Hebrew funeral song, okay? Uh, And it was written by Jeremiah, the guy who's nicknamed the weeping prophet. So this is, I mean, this is not a happy, feel-good kind of thing, but Jeremiah he, he felt this deeply. He was feeling this lament for the children of Israel, and it was for a very good reason. Right before the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament is the book Jeremiah. He wrote both of them. And in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah serving as a prophet is speaking to the children of Israel, and he is warning them about what will happen if they choose to not follow the ways of God and to take on idols, and, and to, to follow after other lower, key, uh, lower case G gods. And Lamentations speaks of actually what happened, the consequences, because the children of Israel ignored Jeremiah. They ignored God's word, and they, they lived for themselves, and they followed uh, lesser gods, and as a result, they were... Uh, The city of Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. Many were killed or tortured. uh, And the rest were taken off to exile in Babylon. And so Lamentations is actually a time of, of mourning. But still, even in Lamentations, Jeremiah, he reflects on the dismal conditions around him. But still, there is hope. Read with me Lamentations 3. Uh, I'm going to kick, kick off in verse 19. Jeremiah writing to the children of Israel and speaking to himself, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, self-talk coming, this I will call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. He is reflecting on that covenantal love that God gave to Israel. They are new every morning, God's love. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So even in times where things are pretty dire all around us, we can reflect on the faithfulness of God, whose promises, they they don't wane. Uh, they, They don't become invalid because of situations and circumstances around us. But we have to be diligent in reminding ourselves of God's promises to us in his faithfulness to us, just like Jeremiah did here in Lamentations. So speak hope first to yourself, to myself. We need to do that on a regular basis, uh, speaking words of life to ourselves. Next, speak hope to those you know and love. Uh, it, it's sort of like outside that next ring in our, in our circles. This is what Jesus did. This was a huge part of his ministry here on earth. The disciples heard his words of love and and peace and and challenge and encouragement and hope. In John 6, Peter says this. He said, this is part of the reason we're following you, Jesus. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. Jesus was speaking words of hope, words of life, 
And, and, and it was making a difference in the lives of, of those hearers, including the disciples. By nature, some of us are more encouraging than others, right? We just, and, and I acknowledge, I, 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 I can do a better job of being an encouraging person. Uh, some of us are just built that way. We just, we automatically go in and we just, we're, we're just this perpetual cheerleader. And that is awesome. That is a good thing. Does that mean that the rest of us don't have to be a part of that? No. We're all called to be encouragers. We're all called to be, uh, to be, to be looking and, and to be asking. You know, words of affirmation is, is one of the, the five love languages. But it is something that all of us, all of us should be engaged in doing and being a part of. You know, here at the Vineyard, we believe in spiritual gifts and, and practicing them. Uh, just like this morning, words of encouragement and hope were prophetic words that were given, the Holy Spirit giving insight and into a particular moment to speak words of, of life, encouragement, strength, hope, and, and, and peace and comfort. And, and they're not just to be something that we engage in doing in these four walls or the kids' building or the youth area, but this is something that we come to church, we get equipped, we get empowered, and then we go and we do this everywhere outside these walls. It should be part of our everyday lives. Uh, Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, follow the way of love. That's a good way to go, the way of love, right? Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. And then in verse 3, he, he, he really spells that out. What, what do I mean by this? Am I talking about foretelling someone's future? No, he says specifically, speaking to people for their strengthening, their encouraging, and their comfort. I know. I live in the same community that you live in. I live in the same world that you live in. We have people all around us, people that we know and love, people in our church family who need to hear words of encouragement, words of strength, words of comfort. There are a lot of people who are still grieving deeply, and we need to be people filled with the Holy Spirit, listening to the voice of God, listening to the Spirit of God, people who are, are willing to use our words and our mouths and our voices to speak hope. Uh, and to do it in not some sort of, you know, weird, mystical kind of way, but just people need to know that God is alive. Uh, and one of the ways that we can do this in being intentional about it is something that, that we call I see in you conversations. So it sort of sounds like a floor on a hospital, doesn't it? But it's not I see in you conversations. Uh, and, and in fact, Whenever I hear this idea, I always think of our founding pastor, Thor Kohlberg. In fact, Thor is going to be speaking for us next Sunday morning, so I hope that you'll be with us to, to enjoy that. But Thor was a master, he is a master, in terms of just being someone who's very intentional about doing this. And what is an I see in you conversation? What does that look like? It's about just saying, Holy Spirit, I know that you made uh, Derek for a good and wonderful purpose. Uh, would you give me some insight on, on, on why you made Derek? And, and, you know, maybe the Lord would just give him some sort of insight as to what his good and loving purposes were for creating Derek. And I'm sure that Robin and Abigail could give you a ton of reasons that he's, uh, the, the God, his good and loving purposes that uh, God put into Derek. But, but just in that moment, to, to speak that in a way to encourage, to a way, a way to strengthen, uh, or maybe even a way in situations to comfort when, when people are going through a difficult time. Uh, it's something that we should all do.
It's something that it doesn't have to be this big mystical thing where you hear the audible voice of God coming in over your loud music in your, in your automobile as you're driving to work. No, it can just be a sense. It can be seeing someone and, and having a, a Bible verse come to mind. Uh, uh, it, it could be all those kind of things, but it's about being intentional on doing it. And this is something that we want to just continue to cultivate. It's part of who we are as a church body. We want to continue to cultivate that uh, among one another in our families, parents. Mary Margaret did a wonderful job uh, challenging us last Sunday. And a big part of what we need to do as parents, loving parents, is speaking words of encouragement, words that strengthen, words that bring comfort to our children. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. Have those I see in you conversations with your children. They need to hear it. They need to hear probably foremost from us. And this is just a hallmark of the church from the very beginning. Paul writes a lot about this. One way he puts it is in 1 Thessalonians 5. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. So let's do this. Let's not keep this hope to ourselves. Let's not just keep it inside, just for, for me speaking you know, words just to myself, not just to those I know and love, but let's also do it outside to the, the complete and total strangers. Do you think that there are some strangers that you encounter from time to time in your life that could use some words of hope? I, I know there is. I know there is. Hope is alive because Jesus is alive, and we are called and we are commissioned to speak these words of life. A lot of us get freaked out by the E word, evangelism. Become paralyzed. Like, I'm just like, you know, the words just sort of just can't. You know what? That's part of the lie of the enemy. That's part of the doubt that he likes to throw up in our faces that you can't do that. You're not skilled. You're not gifted enough to do that. That's a lie. It, It simply begins with, okay. What has God done in your life? How has Jesus shown up to be the risen Savior in your life? How is the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you? How is God responding to your prayers? Share your, this is how Jesus showed up in my life, your God stories. Just share them. Share them. Just, you know, as as you encounter a friend or you encounter a stranger who's having a rough day, ah, you know, what, just to, to speak words of life, to share your God story. The, word, the world needs to, to hear those. They need to hear those, and we need to recognize and discern the voice of the enemy, again, who comes to bring doubt and who comes to lie to us. He's, that's always been his mojo. That's always been what he's done, and he continues to do it today. And it's really important that we recognize the schemes of the enemy and know that that's what he's going to continue to do. So we need to have discernment to recognize this. And we look forward to the day that that, that John writes about in Revelation, Revelation 12, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters, and that's who he is, he accuses them before our God day and night. He tries to act like, hey, I'm your friend, I'm your buddy, I'm looking out for you, just like he did with Adam and Eve. But all along, he's this two-faced rascal 
who is lying and trying to make us look bad before God. And God knows who we are. He knows how he created us. He accuses us before God day and night. He has been hurled down. That is his finality. That is his final story. And it speaks to to you and me. They triumphed over Satan, our enemy, by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and by the word of their testimony, by their God stories, by their personal accounts of how Jesus has shown up in our lives and made himself real. Uh, That's what we need to tell, our God stories. Share these stories as words of hope to a world that is filled with so much hopelessness and despair. I was listening to a podcast the other day, somebody I listen to pretty regularly, but they had a guest, and there's a resource that I have included in uh, your notes. If you're joining us uh, in the program, uh, the Facebook uh, family, uh, it is uh, in our program. It's, it's the last resource, and it's a book called Hope Always, uh, How to Be a Force for Life in a Culture of Suicide. You know, suicide is, is, is very, very prevalent, and we've had you know, even families in our own church touched by it. And, and we need to be proactive in, 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 in realizing that we have been through a difficult season as a country, as a world, and also as a church. And, and there are people who are despairing, and, 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 and that, that shows up in all kinds of ways. Dr. Matthew Sleeth, who wrote this book, he is both a physician and a Bible teacher, and just some really good practical things that uh, are, are, would be good for lay people just to, to have, to be able to, to, when we are encountered by someone who is, is, is maybe threatening uh, or, or, or considering or thinking and talking about that, it's important that we be people who speak words of life, words of hope in practical ways just like this. I encourage you to check that out. Share your stories. Share God's powerful, life-changing stories of what he's done in you. But there are days that maybe I don't feel like there's a lot that God's doing in my life. What do we do on those days? Always make sure that you've got an ongoing deposit of God's word. All right? Because that transcends. I mean, that transcends. Our God stories actually just just sort of flesh out the, the scripture, the truth of scripture, the power of scripture. And it's important for us. I don't know how it happens. I just know it's unlike any other book in the world. That words of life, words of hope, that we make those deposits because we need to know these truths for ourselves. But there are also those times that the Holy Spirit will prompt us as, we are, as we're checking out at a store or we're picking up a coffee or wherever we find ourselves uh, at, at the gym working out next to someone that maybe we don't know that the Holy Spirit would just like bring this passage of Scripture to mind. It's like, God, why are you bringing this passage to mind? Maybe it's to share with them, not in some sort of churchy, judgmental, condemning way. I'm not talking about that. But the words of life and hope and truth that we need to be reminded of and other people need to be reminded of as well. In Romans, Paul reminds us of the power and the utilization of, 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 of not just throwing Scripture in a, in, a, you know, in a pat way, but letting the Holy Spirit just bring those things to mind and speaking it in, in, in naturally supernatural ways, in conversational ways. Paul says that for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the Scriptures 
and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. And that encouragement is not meant just for our church family. It is meant for the world around us. And so I, I, I want to encourage you to be people who, who regularly feed on the Word of God and do it to feed your own heart and your own soul. But don't stop there. Do it knowing that, God, I, I, I just know that you're probably giving me this because you might bring this to mind. It's like a deposit in our hearts. Because uh, sometimes we think, God, you've got to give me this Word and, and, and for someone. Well, I mean, he's given us his whole Bible. It's filled with life-giving words. And be sensitive to those times that the Holy Spirit will just bring one to mind for you and share it, offer it. We never force anything on anyone, but we offer it, we share it, we want to use it to encourage. So share passages of Scripture that the Holy Spirit directs you to, but we've got to have them deposited in our hearts and our minds and our spirits before that can happen. Uh, Tell your God story. Tell about how God showed up, and when you thought you were going to lose your job, that he provided another way, an even better way for you. How he's answered your prayers about guidance, about your education, and where to go, and how he's led you, and and just the favor that he's given you. Just whatever God story you've got, and we all have them, but too often we don't stop, and we don't reflect, we don't remember how God has provided, how he's cared for us, how he's protected us. And this is part of cultivating uh, a life of hope rooted in our, our living hope, Jesus Christ, that we can now go and we can share. Speak life, speak hope. Let's stand together. I just uh, I invite you to stand, and we're just going to just quiet our, our, ourselves for just a moment and... Uh, just invite you just to open your heart and your spirit, your mind to the Holy Spirit. And um, I believe right now that the Holy Spirit may even be bringing specific individuals or people groups to mind. Maybe people that you run into on a regular basis. That he's calling you to, to, to speak a word of hope, a word of life. Come Holy Spirit. Come and and breathe upon us, Lord. Come and speak life into the hearts of your children. Come, Lord.